Welcome Jennifer Walters. As co-owner of Fit Bottom World, co-author of the Fit Bottom Girls Anti-Diet, and co-host of the Fit Bottom Girls podcast, as well as editor-in-chief of Fit Bottom Girls, Jen has several fitness credentials under her belt. She's an ACE certified personal trainer and health coach and was named as one of the top 100 influencers in the health and fitness by Great List in 2016 and 2017. Jen has a journalism degree from the University of Missouri and an MA in health journalism from the University of Minnesota. She's also written for numerous online publications, including Shape Magazine, The Huffington Post, and Spark People. In her free time, Jen can be found doing hit workouts with her husband in their garage gym, making a mean taco salad, going on nature walks around the neighborhood with her three daughters, standing on her soapbox to advocate body positivity, and spending way too much time in her local wine store. Read her personal journey to becoming an FBG and see more of her work throughout the podcast. Thanks so much and enjoy. Well, thanks so much for coming on and uh, being willing to share your journey and and story. I've read a little bit online um, and I'm super excited to to dive into, you know, what makes you tick and what makes you light up. And it seems like, you, you know, you're very passionate about the fitness space. Um, so I'd love to start off with just like you chatting about uh, how you got into it to begin with. Like what was the first impetus to, to get into the fitness space? Yeah. So my kind of journey into fitness started well before the creation of our website, Fit Bottom Girls, mm-hmm. um, which we started in 2008 with you know, it was kind of like dinosaur years old, I feel like, um, wow. in the internet world. Yeah. But, uh, when I was in college, it's kind of when I got really bit by the fitness bug. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the university of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, and they have a really, really great rec program for the college students. Mm-hmm. And I mean, incredible facilities. They have a huge exercise program. And when I was a freshman, I just, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go take some of these classes. It looks super fun. And I went in and it was like, I mean, you had to get there like at least half an hour early to get a spot in the classes. Wow. Um, to 50 people. It was loud. There was fun music. Um, at the time, it was a lot of like, you know, dance-based stuff um, that we were doing and some like kickboxing and our spin classes. And I don't know, it was just really, really fun and really, really energetic. Yeah. And I immediately walked in and was like, I want to do that. I want to teach that. And so I um, took classes. I got my certification in group exercise, um, fitness, had a great time, taught basically every, I mean, I, I even taught like steps and, you know, dance and all kinds of different stuff, yoga. Like I taught everything. Wow. And had a great time with it. Would have a lot of people come up after and ask me questions about, you know, how do I get better results? How do I, you know, have stronger arms, like that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, like I'm really enjoying this. I think I'll get my certification in personal training so I can give more individual advice and take it a little bit deeper. So I did that and then I started working one-on-one with clients and it was um, a really fun and I was really, really passionate about it at the time. Um, and I loved helping people become healthier and kind of find the best versions of themselves and motivate them. I love doing that. And I also loved like wearing a mic with the music and yeah. it was like how get, I was able to you get the crowd going. You're like, you're like a mini, talent, you know, <laughs> you're like a mini superstar. <laughs> yeah. So I had fun doing that. Yeah. Um, but then on the backside of it for myself personally, I, I, and I, I, from a lot of the different fitness professionals that I've talked to over the years, I do feel like 
it, it is fairly common and maybe not talked about as much as um, as, it, as it should be. Hmm. Um, but there is a lot of pressure, um, whether or not it's created from the industry or just kind of happens, to like look a certain way if you're going to be a person in fitness. Hmm. You're going to be giving other people advice. There's kind of this stereotype that a fitness professional has like six pack abs and, you know, really low body fat. And I, I really struggled with confidence because I, I mean, I was, I was in good shape. Um, but I, I really felt like I needed to lose like, I mean, we're talking about like five or 10 pounds, right. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to give fitness advice, I mean, you need to really have this like perfect body. And so because of that, I, I started doing very unhealthy things. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I started over-exercising. I started um, restricting how much food I ate. And that led to this kind of, um, we call it the restrict binge shame cycle, um, where I would, you know, under-consume food, over-exercise, and then, you know, within a few days, like, be overeating and then feel really, really terrible about myself. And instead of looking at it for being like, okay, are you really being healthy? Are you really, you know, taking care of yourself and giving yourself love here? You know, or are you, you know, just doing something that's really quite silly and doesn't work? I was basically like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I lose this five or 10 pounds? Wow. Um, and it really, really just kind of ate away at my self-confidence. So it's like on one side, you know, I'm all like, be healthy, be healthy, you know, do all these kind of things. And on the back end, you know, I, I really wasn't treating myself in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of cycle, this restrict binge shame cycle, um, I continued on with for years um, mm -hmm. until my then, then boyfriend, now husband, um, proposed. And then we started going through... Um, planning for the for the wedding and everything like that and I remember at, at some point I was sitting there like making plans and kind of thinking about what the day would be like when I walked down the aisle and I was like oh my gosh I if, if I stay where I am at mentally with how I feel about myself and how I treat myself and I was still teaching group X and on graduate school and later and everything mm -hmm. but I was like I'm not going to be present on my wedding day I'm going to walk down the aisle and I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, does my wedding dress fit? Do my arms look bad in this photo? And I'm just not going to be, I'm not going to be present. I'm going to miss, you know, one of the most amazing days of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need, <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Um, and I kind of at that point realized that I, 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 I did need some outside help. So I turned to more um, meditative stuff and yoga and then I also went into, um, I found a registered dietitian who specialized in intuitive eating and emotional eating. And I met with her and in one of our first appointments, she just looked at me and she was like, can you imagine what the women in this world, you know, what they could accomplish if they weren't so concerned with how much they weighed, um, what they looked like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, <laughs> yes okay um mm -hmm. that was like my big kind of like wake up aha was that i had spent so much time and energy really like worried about five to ten pounds that in in the grand scheme of things didn't matter and i had all this you know education and privilege and all kinds of stuff that i could be using in much better ways than tormenting myself because mm -hmm. it, it was taking mm -hmm. a lot of energy to count calories and obsess 
and way and all of that. So after like working with her and getting more in touch with my hunger and fullness cues and, um, you know, working out, but in a way that was actually for health, that actually felt good to me, um, I kind of settled into this much better place and it was not a quick or easy journey and it's still kind of an ongoing thing, but um, it really, really changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I got married, I was there, I was present, it was great, you know, I wasn't worried about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was after that in 2008, like I said, when we started the Bottom Girls, that that is that was really the impetus. That was really the the philosophy and kind of the um, mission behind it. The soul. It, it's a very common message that, you know, especially women, but guys get it too. Like, you got to look this way to have value. Um how dare you like not be anything but the ideal attractiveness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I looked around the space in 2008 because I have a background in, in addition to fitness, I have a background in journalism and writing and communication. And it really helps journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and magazine. And I looked around at the space in 2008 and the magazines, like, I mean, all of it was just like, lose 10 pounds and you'll be a better person, basically. Yeah. Um, you'll have like the perfect career and you'll get the, you know, perfect life partner and all those kinds of stuff. And I was like, such BS. So we set out to create a website that was uh, different. That was very much like you're more than the number on the scale. Health comes in, um, in all shapes and sizes. We always say fit bottoms come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and that you can't hate yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. And so we just started writing about stuff and writing about our experiences. And you know, it, it, it took off, and Fit Bottom Girls has gone through many different uh, evolutions, if you will, because mm-hmm. it is, you know, 12 years old. Uh, but it, it still has that kind of undercurrent, which is now you hear a lot more, so much more mainstream. Mm-hmm. The body positivity movement's more mainstream and everything, um, and that's that's awesome. I agree. I mean, it's it's crazy because I feel like everything happens for a reason, right? Like, un- unfortunately, you had to go through that, but but now you get to help so many. Like, you have a platform to help so many other people get through what you went through, and you know, feel like they have someone there to walk through. Because, like, I feel like social or <clears throat> like mental, because it is a form of a mental illness, right? And it's something that I experienced as well. I was a Division One athlete, but I was over exercising and under eating too, and. So I 100% relate to you with that, and it's it's hard to break that cycle. It really is. Once you get into it, yeah. you're like in your own head. And so I was curious, like if if you're okay diving in a little bit more into that, like how did you break that? Like what was I know you talked about you like you recognized that you needed help. How did you recognize that? And what what point was it? The wedding that you were like thinking about? Is it, did you just yeah. you, you explain it right there, or or were there other pieces to that? Yeah. So I I mean I feel like for a while I had you know it's kind of like when you have any like. <laughs> problem <laughs> you're like this this is kind of not what i want you know and then you try to kind of like fix it yourself yeah <laughs> you're like well i'll just you know so i kind of did like i was like well i'll just get more into yoga and i'll just get more into meditation and i'll journal more and i did try really really hard to kind of like work on it myself but in so many different ways the the restriction itself was my form of control, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I realized I have, you know, a problem and I was like stressed about it, then that was kind of my coping mechanism. My problem was my coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, what do you do if that's your coping mechanism? Like, well, you have to find a new way to cope. Like, you have to find a 
an entirely different way of almost being mm-hmm. um, because it becomes habitual, you know, where I think a lot of my issues started from just like, okay, I want to lose five or 10 pounds. It really did become just obsessive. And then once I got in the habit of obsessing about it, then it, it was really difficult to break. Um, and it, it, I mean, really, like, I just remember we, my husband and I, my now husband, we were, we were living in this like crappy little apartment in Lawrence, Kansas, like just the <laughs> little small apartment. And I remember him like going off to, cause he was going to, school at the time so I remember him going to class and me just kind of sitting there and being you know disgusted with myself that I had overeaten and at some point I was just like you know what like this is no way to be like this is just not like I'm not I'm not doing this on my own and you know I feel like a lot of us are people you know especially when we come from athletic background and things we feel like I can fix anything I can I can do anything like I if I just work hard and stick to this I can do it Mm -hmm. but with the restrictions that your body literally fights against you the problem is is that even though it's fighting against you you still think that you're the problem you don't think about the restricting of the problem you think you not being able to get to it is the problem and that begins to eat away your self-confidence and and sitting in that shame that's <laughs> just where it's at. Um, but yeah, just a lot of kind of like dark nights where I was very much like, this is not in alignment with who I am. Eventually, it just became so apparent to my soul, you know, that it was just, it wasn't congruent with who I was. It was just, I was so completely out of alignment yeah. with everything I, I wanted to be and who I thought I, I was. And so then, and I, and I do feel lucky that I just happened to find like the perfect registered dietitian for me, um, who just said the right stuff and pushed me in the right direction. And um, she, she, she just had me soften everything in my life. Um, she was like, "Why, why? If you want to eat that, she's like, eat it. You know, like who cares? Mm-hmm. Like just eat it." like okay so she had me remove kind of that moralization on food being good or bad and just you know retrain me how to think of just well food is food um and listen more to my intuition and not push aside my my hunger cues and then also the flip side of that is to pay attention to when i was full and really use that as a guide instead of eat the good food don't eat the bad food um and just that entire level of restriction um she gave me the support and I, I guess the permission in some ways to mm-hmm. just lift that off and to not work out if I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she allowed me to give me the possibility of ways I'd never thought of before because I was so used to that way of living where she could just be like, well, what if you weren't that way? Like how freeing would it be if you didn't count calories? How freeing would it be if you didn't step on the scale for the next month? How freeing would it be to, you know, just go for a walk, you know, instead of feeling like you have to run six miles or something. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that would actually be really amazing. She's like, well, you can, you can do that. And it was just a very slow process um, over, I mean, a couple of years, but it, it took. <laughs> yeah. I think it's beautiful. You talk about listening to your intuition because that's something that's like, I feel like, not talked about enough like for some reason some way like you can't really explain it but your intuition somehow knows what's best for you and if you yeah. go against that like 
like what you described, like I did, like I literally did the exact same thing. Like I would restrict eating uh, junk food or like ice cream or things that I really enjoyed um, because I thought, you know, it would decrease my performance, which in some ways it would, but in the right dose, right? And so, yeah, I just, I really resonate but, with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so common. Um, and it's very uh, normalized and almost celebrated, I feel like, in in just overall, like in just society, mm-hmm. you know, it's like diets are cool and trendy. And so people are always kind of, you know, restricting or tweaking. And um, I, I, I think it's really interesting. I think that the, the, the mental part and the intention part is really important because I think that there are, you know, a number of different people who do eat in certain ways um, that work for them and it doesn't feel restrictive. And then for other people, that same thing could feel restrictive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of taken me a long time. Like there are certain things that I know my body doesn't feel good with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I, I don't eat them, but that's not from a place of like restriction where I feel like I'm something's being taken away from me or I'm not having something. It's very much from a, a place of empowerment where I'm like, no, like I, eat in a way that feels really, really good to me. And sometimes, and I, I kind of follow like intuitive eating practices. Mm. Um, but you know, that may mean that on, you know, today I may have a huge salad for lunch and that feels awesome. I'm like super jazzed about that salad. I'm not having a sad salad here. Like I, I like my salad. Um, <laughs> but then I might have pizza, you know, and I'll eat the pizza and I'm not going to have guilt over eating the pizza. I'm only going to enjoy it pizza mm-hmm. you know so if you kind of take guilt off of your table yeah. and just you know freaking own your choices and be happy with it you it, i mean really the tagline of our site is you can't hit yourself healthy and that, that kind of gets down to the point of it mm-hmm. if you your healthy diet you know it's hard to kind of live in that emotional space of, of hate and dislike and actually be healthy mm-hmm. so you do have to find you know a healthy lifestyle and that's kind of what we try to empower people to do that's so different for everyone. Mine's going to be different than yours. It's going to be different than, you know, like all of your friends. Like you have to find your healthy living jam that works for you. And that may evolve and change over the years. Like I've had three kids. And let me tell you, it, pregnancy is different than kids. is different than 20s. is different than, you know, like yeah. <laughs> all, all the, the circumstances. Um, and the workouts that I really used to love, like, are very different than the workouts I do now and some of the stuff that I do now I used to not like but now I like like you, you just kind of continue to going in the, the the journey of what really brings you joy and what really brings you health because if you really don't have happiness you really cannot have health mm. I agree I agree and it's something that and I don't know but like this is something you still struggle with today like do you still struggle with trying to find that that happiness is it something? Is it something that's just kind of like a balance, and you kind of have to like every day you're just making minor tweaks to that? Yeah. So for you know, I have so many more. Like it's so funny when I went through kind of like my initial, you know, in my twenties, kind of like life crisis of, yeah. of you know, like body image stuff. Um, I didn't have that many, <laughs> you know, like demands on my time, kind of like I do now. Yeah. Um, and so it's not something, but it's interesting though, that if I am in, in times of stress or my body has changed because of age or pregnancy or whatever, um, or stress or just kind of outside things happening, 
it still is one of those things that I will try to almost like revert back to. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a sign that something else is going on. Mm-hmm. So if I all of a sudden start to be like, oh, well, you know, I really want to eat that, but maybe I should eat that because I'm not feeling that great about my body today or myself today, then I'm like, ding, 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 what else is going on? Yeah. Like, it's not about that. Like, it's never about that. Like, it's going to be about something else. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, does that mean that I need, you know, more sleep, more support? Do I need a break? Do I need to actually work out less? Do I need to actually work out a little bit more? Like, what, what's kind of off? Because it, it's never, you know, a perfect balance all the time. Totally. Um, so that it, but I, I mean, but I don't obsess like I used to. I mean, it used to be like morning to night. That was, that was on the brain's agenda, you know? And now, <laughs> I mean, I have lots of things to worry about now, but, <laughs> but that's how <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I appreciate you sharing that because I think that'll help a lot of people yeah. as they as they try yeah. to navigate it. Even myself, I've learned a lot from that. So thank you. Cool. Uh, and thanks for sharing your story. I yeah. Mean, I, I, when you kind of talk about it, it, it it's funny how um, kind of common it is. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Everyone's fighting their own battle, right? Like, and that's why I don't remember what quote that is, but someone, there was a quote like, be nice to everybody because everybody's fighting their own hard battle. It's so true. No matter what you're doing, whether you're, you know, a Mark Zuckerberg or um, someone who's, who's washing tables or someone who's uh, a model, you know what I mean? Everybody has their own struggles internally. So. Everybody's got something. Yeah. So I would love to switch a little bit, uh, switch gears a little bit more towards Fit Bottom Girls and kind of what the early years were like with that. Like, was it just stuff that you wrote out of pure passion? Like, I want to help these, I want to help people, or what was those first couple of years like? Yeah. So our first couple of years were um, were, were so fun. Yeah. Um, we, I don't know, like I, I, so I had taken, you know, like I, I mentioned before, I taken some journalism classes and magazine journal journalism classes and. My really good friend Aaron Whitehead and I um, were we worked side by side, not side by side. Actually, we worked in a we worked in the same company, um, but we both wrote for these like trade publications. And, um, and we headed off. And I remember I was like, I had this idea, you know, for a website. And I was like, but I want to do those like positive body image thing, but I don't really know like what to call it or what to do. But I feel really called to get out of this cubicle. Um, and she's like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, do you want to do it together? And I'm like, really? I'm like, well, I'm going to be like pretty, uh, like intense about it. Cause I, I really, really want to do it. And she's like, sure. And so her and I would, um, we were both still working full-time jobs. We both put in a hundred dollars and opened a business account or at the bank mm-hmm. and like formed our LLC and we talk on the phone because at some point she moved. So we were like not even in the same town anymore. We'd get on the phone on like Saturday or Sunday mornings and talk for like two or three hours and just plan out like kind of, you know, everything about us. Like we brainstormed, you know, to get the name Fit Bottom Girls to make sure that it was, you know, fun and lighthearted and we liked the the queen reference. Um, so people immediately were kind of like disarmed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's our mission? Like get that down. And then what's our editorial calendar? And we really planned it out. Um, at that time, we were doing a lot, of, a lot of frequent content, and that was um, much more popular than in like like those early days. Um, so, like on Mondays, we made sure that we that was kind of like more personal blog posts, and then on Tuesdays, we would do these little like bits of news. And on Wednesdays, we might do a playlist. Um, and on Thursday, we might do like a food review or something, mm. or DVD. That's where we like workout DVD reviews. So, so yeah, 
full wear. So I'm dating. Um, so we, we had this all planned out and we would spend time doing that. And at, at the time, there weren't that many other fitness websites doing what we were doing that were that were there. We, we kind of, we entered in really early um, and were able to get a pretty strong footholding from right away. Um, and some things that I, I believe kind of led to some success was the branding and the name. People really, really like that. Um, we were really, uh, you know, we tried to be as funny and as, as approaching or approachable as possible. So it's kind of like, um, kind of be like your best like fit friend, but who's like really friendly and encouraging and, you know, it's like, come join us and you don't have to, everyone's invited and, you know, like very inclusive. Mm-hmm. So um, we did that. And then we knew we wanted to write like some workouts and share some stuff, but we did a lot of reviews. And so with doing a lot of the reviews, then we would get on the radar of, you know, some of those products and um, we were able to do interviews with um, fitness celebrities and some stuff like that. And that really just kind of built things up and really from pretty early on, we started getting some, sorry. No, you're good. Say hi. Say hi. Hey, this is good. Hey. 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 So it, it, it was just really fun, and we, I, I think, I mean, it just, it happened really fast. We started getting um, hired by some other companies to do writing for them, um, and what, what would now be called an influencer type role, role but that word wasn't even being used then. Mm-hmm. Um, we also just started getting products in the mail, which was really fun. Um, <laughs> like, our, one of the first emails, um, like, Puma sent us shoes, and we were like, oh my god. Like Nike sent us out to like you know run a half marathon in San Francisco and oh my was, it, yeah there was just like lots and lots of really really cool stuff that that happened um, and snowballed and have you know continued to happen and it, it, it's fun like it was just really 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 fun and opened up a whole lot of doors um, and allowed us to you know, create, to go into other content areas and kind of evolve the brand as the, as we evolved and also as the internet, you know, cause so many technology and social media and everything moves so fast. So just trying to kind of keep with that as everything has, has shifted and mm-hmm. moved. Totally. How have you guys adapted? To- yeah. So, um, we've kind of like, we've refreshed our logos a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, we make sure if there's any sort of new social platform, we we gobble up our uh, our username real fast. So you guys on TikTok um, then? <laughs> <laughs> we have also changed our um, content a number of times. We did we've had like a podcast. Um, we actually wrapped our podcast in May, but we we did a podcast for for a few years to get deeper relationship into readers. And we pretty much just kind of you know really pay attention to where and how our our followers engaging in content and that is is just very very different um where we used to be like lots of short posts then it's kind of become more you know long form even now we'll do some short stuff um on the website but we don't do nearly as many kind of like articles as you will anymore um but we do more stuff on social media so we're still sharing because we have literally ten thousand plus posts and articles 
in our like catalog on mm. the website. Yeah. To dive in. So when, you know, things like COVID happen, it's really, really easy for us, even though we are, you know, like locked down and my husband's working in the other room and my daughter has kindergarten online here in, you know, an hour that wow. I'll be managing. Um, we're still able to kind of like resurrect some of that old content that's relatively evergreen, freshen it up and then share it and so that people have, you know, here are workouts you can do, here are meditations to help with stress, here are, you know, immunity boosting recipes and tips because we have that all over our catalog. Um, and then with some of like the, you know, the hello 2020 with all of the do um, you know, because we have been doing this for so long and we have had our chance to say a lot of things. Mm. Um, I feel like my story is fairly well told in the world, you know, so right now, um, my business partner and I, uh, Kristen, Seymour, her and I are very much, you know, looking to amplify what we can amplify. Mm -hmm. So amplify voices that maybe haven't had as much of a chance to come through and share their story um, and share their tips and, you know, sharing that content, giving others, you know, basically our platform to be like, hey, if you, you know, have a guest post, like, please come, come share that. So it's not just like a couple of white girls on the button girls anymore because our readership is not that, and we want to make sure that that's reflected. And we want to, you know, in over the years, we have added, besides Fit Bottom Girls, we've added Fit Bottom to Mamas for parenting content. Um, we consider these to be verticals under our brand. Fit Bottom to Eats, which is food and nutrition. Um, uh, and Fit Bottom Zen, which is more mindful living and kind of career and relationships and stuff. And then Girls is kind of more of the workouts and fitness stuff. So. Mm. We really tried to become more of a, an overall lifestyle brand, mm-hmm. um, which goes also along with this idea that fitness is not just about, and health is not just about workouts and food. Mm-hmm. It is about all the other elements of your life. So we try to support all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, social justice is, fits right into that. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't be healthy if you're being discriminated against. So we're trying to kind of, you know, do, do our part. So those are uh, so you mentioned your one of the sole purposes is to amplify voices. Is that is that what you're focusing on right now? Is amplifying the voices of social justice and things like that. Yep. Nice. Yep. That's and beautiful. how that intersects with um, health because it does in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Like in Minneapolis, where I'm from, you look at a lot of the highway. Like the city was kind of built to discriminate in some ways. Like I remember this is this is before the this was like two years ago before the George Floyd stuff. And they were showing this this graph of the highways basically sectioned off the lower income people, which is a higher disproportionately the African American community from the rest, um, with the highway they put through. And it was very interesting to see that that you know like that that's how the, yeah, like I would I would never even thought that that was out of a discriminatory act, but that was the that's the foundation of it. So it's yeah. pretty crazy. And it's something very similar here. And I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's it's very similar here in that um, it the all of the real estate lines and stuff is just, I mean, there, we actually did, my husband and I did this really cool, um, driving like podcast. It was like interactive called dividing lines tour where it took you through different neighborhoods all over Kansas city and like, you know, showed you and broke it down and gave the history and everything. Yeah. Like that stuff is real. And it's, I mean, the, the effects are lasting. Mm-hmm. Well, Kansas was—I think it was Kansas City. Well, Ferguson is near Kansas City, right? The Ferguson. What's that? 
Ferguson is near Kansas City, right? Um, that's more on the St. Louis side, but oh, it's another state. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. My, I don't know my St. Louis geography. Honestly, I don't think I've ever been to Missouri before, so sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, go Chiefs. I don't know. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's but true. I actually, I went to graduate school in um, in the Twin Cities. Oh, you did? What school? Yeah. Yeah, University of University of Minnesota, man. Oh, nice. How'd you so like I it? I got my master's in health journalism. How'd you like it there? Um, up at Calhoun Lake. I, I love the Twin Cities. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. The winters, though. The winters scare you? Maybe you had a couple so nice ones. I only, so I was happy in that my graduate program, I got two summers and one winter. <laughs> so that was... <laughs> you definitely I did it. You didn't pick the I short did, stick. But I, I do remember one morning, because I used to take the bus. Um, I would get on the, the public bus and take it to the U. And I got up. And I turned on the news, and it was the temperature was negative twenty six. And I was like, "Is that the wind chill?" And they're like, "No, that's like because I had roommates." And I was like, "No, that's the temperature." And I'm like, "And you all are gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna go stand at the bus stop and take the bus." Like I have to. And they're like, "Yep, yep, that's that's you're yeah. <laughs> cool then. Go yeah. use those gopher tunnels." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> like I got on the bus, and like the bus heater wasn't working. And oh my like, gosh. What am I doing? Oh my but, gosh. Um, I did like a lot of. Um, I still have good friends that live in that live in Minnesota, and I, I did have so many good memories there. Um, yeah, but but it's cold. It's it's oh, freezing. My my parents. And y'all make the best of winter or summer. I mean, like summer is just like <laughs> party season. Degrees, windows down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> my 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 parents are from Winnipeg, so even farther north. Winnipeg is like oh Winnipeg is like Minnesota, but like. 20 degrees colder at all times <laughs> in the winter time it's just it's it's so brutal up there I like yeah i don't know how my parents grew up i mean i guess that's all they knew but that's that's why they're so tough <laughs> but crazy um another thing i wanted to touch on which you just briefly uh did a while ago was your uh you worked you said you worked with nike and puma what was that what was that experience like working did you do was it just that they uh like i know they flew you out to san francisco what were those experiences like because i'm sure not a lot of people get to experience that working with such large brands. How they find you? Um, really, I mean, like geek out, kind of fun. Really, um, to get to do some really behind the scenes stuff. Um, mm. In the early days, we just we did a little bit with Puma. We did go on a number of different media events um, and tours with Nike, um, which was fun. Where you would get to peek at how they how they do their shoes, how they do their branding. Um, I also got to go to like Reebok, um, their headquarters, and got to work out in their CrossFit box, which was really, really, wow. really fun. Nice. Um, I mean, kind of, in, and actually, we had a really long-standing uh, formal influencer relationship with Brooks Running for a number of years, and with them, I mean, that company is so great and like really tight knit. And so year after year, we would um, be able to go and like learn what shoes they were making and the process and all of the thought, like talk to the designers, talk to, I mean, like go see like the 3D printer of how they're like working on the, the new models for the shoes. Um, and then also like what colorways they're looking at and what trends they're, you know, trying to kind of get ahead of so they can put in the production. So they're actually, you know, just a little bit ahead of the trend, but not like too far ahead of the trend, but not behind the trend. Like, just all of that was just, it was just so fascinating. Um, me, and was really the 
kind of behind the scenes, like kind of geeky stuff. Um, they're really fun. And then, I mean, and obviously then you get to run and um, meet a lot of different, I mean, world-class athletes and just uh, pick people's brains about stuff and then be able to write about it. And then, you know, try out the shoes, of course, and, you know, the apparel, which is, which is always, you know, really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, cool. I mean, like, I kind of feel bad for the, the guys that pick up our recycling sometimes because we just, especially kind of like the height of us doing a lot of reviews, we would just have, like, all these boxes, you know, <laughs> like, so cardboard. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, can I help you, like, get this in the recycling truck? Like, I gotta be like, or FedEx, you know, and they're like, dude, <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like watch the spending you're like it's okay i'm getting it for free <laughs> right like she's a hoarder like what yeah. is happening here yeah. so, and we really have we, we we really don't take that we don't do as many reviews now as much we, we do a lot more service-based um tip review stuff not tip review tips like tips and how to's and some other stuff and we even got to the point where we started doing like some coaching programs and online programs um and and actually, since May, we we used to charge for those, and then um, we decided no, these should be these should be for everybody. So we took all of them and um, uploaded them on the site. If you go to fitbottomgirls.com/coaching, you can actually get all of our coaching stuff for free. Um, you just have to watch a little ad in front of this video. Nice. <laughs> like your buy-in, but yeah, we've got stuff on how to like ditch all or nothing thinking, um, boost your willpower, and then there's um, four master classes on how to build your healthy life. Much, much kind of like, um, you know, it's actually kind of the program that I wish I had had back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, kind of step by step. You have, you, to, know, jam. you have to uh, send me the link to that so I can post it in the, in the link to the podcast. I will, I will. Okay, sweet. Sweet, sweet. So, what's what's the future look like then? I mean, now we got we got TikTok, we got um, <laughs> bunch of different social media platforms. Yeah. So the future is, I mean, I mean, really, kind of like what we're doing now, um, which is that amplification. Mm -hmm. We tend to see our biggest traffic every single year in January at the start of the year, mm -hmm. um, which we used to do a lot of like New Year, New Year stuff, but we have really pushed. Um, and a lot of people have, do come to us still for weight loss, but we have really kind of um, shifted away from doing a lot of anything weight-focused and are much more um, health at every size, uh, body, not only body positive, but also just kind of body neutral. So our content really will kind of is, you know, shifting more to, it's always been anti-diet, but kind of really, really being there. Um, and then helping people to, especially in just these kind of insane times, um, you know, lifting up and bringing joy when and, when and how we can, and then giving really actionable tips on how to deal with like everything right now. Mm -hmm. um, we do not do much stuff on TikTok yet, <laughs> which we're behind the curve there, yeah. um, for sure. But, you know, Instagram continues to be one of those areas that we see, um, you know, really good, fun engagement on that we will continue to do. Um, and on a uh, kind of personal note, I have, I have gotten really into wine. So I am getting my, I'm getting like an intro level wine situation. Um, and so I'm starting to kind of dabble into writing about that and um, kind of 
bringing a mindful, a very mindful approach to, and a very um, successful approach to, to wine. So I'm hoping to kind of do some, some wine content and then looking for, you know, other writers to, to share their experiences and their, their perspectives. Um, and in some ways kind of, um, I hope to kind of hand the torch over to, you know, other fit bottom girls because we're kind of refer ourselves to FBGs, but if, you know, if you say, Hey, if you, if you're, if you work out and want to be healthy, like you're, you're a fit bottom girl. Have you guys ever thought of creating your own products? Like, I mean, you have, it seems like you have a very loyal following. Have you ever thought about creating yeah. something that, or have you done that in the past? <clears throat> we, you know, we've done some stuff. Like we created, um, we, we partnered with another company called um, Four Athletics. We did a pair of um, leggings. It was kind of like a flash sale that we did. Like we created it and people signed up for it and we pulled them and that was really fun. Um, we also did a book back in um, 2014 with Random House that came out. So we have had some very like, you know, tangible things out in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we're always open to new possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Just like what, what, uh, where's the, the time? <laughs> yeah, true. That is true. Yeah, I have, um, I have twin, so in, in addition to my five-year-old, I have, we have twin, twin girls that are about 15 months, so. Oh my, wow, so you're very they, Yeah, they are, um, man, they are, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, they are something. <laughs> Do they, are they, are they the, the midnight waking up screaming babies, or are they the sleep through the night from eight? <laughs> no, we've made it through that stage, knock on wood, um, they sleep through the night, they're actually really, really good sleepers, um. Now they are. It, they were not, but now they are. Yeah. Um, but they're just walking around and they're into everything. So for like when I really, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get, like I, you know, I still work out a lot. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get my workout on. Then I'll come in. I'll be like, oh no, I worked out too. I worked out too hard. Like I'm going to be too sore tomorrow. And my day is going to be like really difficult because I'm, one of them likes to be carried all the time. That she, she weighs about 22 pounds. Oh, wow. I'm almost wow. always got a 22 pound like flexible kettlebell in one arm. <laughs> And then she's barely walking. And then my other one is heavier. She's like 25, 26 pounds. And she's walking and like diving and standing on things and like into everything. So, and then my five year old's running around too. So it's just like. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a circus at the place. Yeah, it is, it is a circus. And it is, it's loud. And yeah sometimes we'll be like oh, God, mommy's too sore for this today like oh like i gotta bend down like, so i just can't recover like i used to you know yeah. <laughs> so i really have to balance my workouts to make sure i can keep up with my my life my life workout mm. just <laughs> what i'm curious what has been like the biggest perspective change having newborn kids like on your life or like fitness in general like as it as it kind of brought you back to that playful state that kids are you know that kids are in is it like brought a renewed sense of life in you or I'm curious like what that yeah so they are uh, extremely they are like honestly quintessential babies like mm -hmm. just so silly and goofy and adorable like they are an incredible amount of work. But if I take the time to sit and really, like, absorb their cuteness, right, 
touch on there I should have wrote that down because I forgot um shoot oh well I ramble you know what what (laughs) I said I ramble sometimes I go I go I go in different directions I know that that was so good I appreciate that I really do um oh yeah okay I remember what I was gonna say so some of the podcast guests we've had on before or in the past during the pandemic one of the things that they said is um, exactly what you said is like it's been kind of a great awakening to spend time with the ones that you love 
And I don't think people realize how much time they were spending away and how little time they were with their family or with the people they really cared about. I mean, you go to work for eight hours and you drive a half hour each way. That's nine hours of your day. And most people are awake, you know, only, what is that, uh, 16 hours, you know, or 15 hours. And so, like, you really have a really finite time, amount of time that you can be with, yeah, the people that you love. And it expose that, you know, spending more, like, yeah. maybe, this is, maybe this isn't so bad because then we can live a happier life and kind of more on our own terms. Well, and my husband, like, because I've always worked from home, mm-hmm. um, but like my husband didn't, and so now he now he is, and he would have such less time, especially with the twins, because you know he would leave at seven thirty and maybe get home at six, and they go to bed at seven at the latest. Mm-hmm. Like we're not talking about a lot of quality time, you know. But now they like toddle over to him, you know, and like hand him a toy, you know, <laughs> or like during phone calls and things, and. Um, and he's around for lunch and we have a, um, we built a gym in our garage. Yeah. So, you know, we both will take, you know, lunch or whatever to, to go out during the day and work out. So we're not trying to like go to the gym and squeeze that in. And it's just, it's a different, it's a different life, but it's kind of a little into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Focus beautiful. On the positive, as soon as you can. Yeah. So, um, what do you think the future is like of, of, I mean, being in the fitness space for so long, what do you think the future of the fitness space is with, with COVID? I mean, it's pretty, pretty likely that we're going into another shutdown and, uh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for a lot of these gyms to survive this winter, a second shutdown. I don't know. It, I know. Yeah. What do you think the future of the fitness space is? It really is. And I have so many different friends that are, yeah, owners and instructors and, and work in the space and yeah, and I actually used to, even before before Football Girls, used to write for a publication for the fitness industry, and I know how big um, the industry is. I don't know, man. I don't know if anyone knows. It doesn't seem... It, I, I do think it has probably fundamentally changed in many ways how people work out, how they approach working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have invested, you know, a decent amount of money in our home gym. I know a lot of other people have invested lots of money. Things are back-ordered you know, um, for people to be able to work out at home and with subscriptions and, you know, all the technology of streaming workouts, I think everyone's kind of making it work in the best way that they can. Um, and I think the really, really smart brands have, you know, made sure that they're, you know, on that, um, streaming as we don't know how long this is going to last, um, really and truly. And I know some of, some of the gyms here and, um, in my community have been really, you know, creative in getting outside and doing things kind of as safely as possible. But I think right now, like if, if you're a gym owner and you don't have, you have, you haven't built like that really strong community brand loyalty where people are going to, you know, stick with you kind of no matter what, if it's just kind of been a, I got in it to, you know, make money and who really cares if they show up or not, you know, I'll just take their membership money. Um, no, I don't think that's probably not going to survive, but I do think that a lot of, the, the really dedicated, um, people who have really brought together community, like true community and caring. Um, I think, I think, you know, everyone's missing that right now, you know, mm-hmm. so the ways that you can kind of support the places that you, you really love um, whether they're offering 
streaming classes or in-person outside stuff or socially distanced um, when, if those stay open or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really important, but I, I think the online is going to continue to be the hotness mm -hmm. until things go back to normal. And then I think when things maybe are open and we have a vaccine or however this is going to work and whenever that's going to work, I mean, we're going to go crazy going to places, aren't we? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you know, the huge, the huge boom of, of, <laughs> of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, only time will tell. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've had a... This is so important right now, I mean, in, in terms of, like, keeping us all healthy and just sane. I mean, I really, myself, be find, like, I have to work out, like, I, I do about every other day is kind of my, my cadence. Um... But I need that positive mental boost. Yeah, it's super important. I think it shows that people who are healthy are much more likely to have a good outcome with COVID. But but we but speaking about pivoting, I mean, we've just this last week. I mean, I don't really say much about we what we do, but we started off as an aggregator, a competitor, competitor class pass. Um, but yeah. most gyms, I mean, there's so much scar tissue there right now with, with class pass and we're try really trying to be a studio first approach in our like compensation um, and also still allowing limited usage for members. But most gyms, I mean, we were, we're not really solving an immediate need, of, need for them. And so we, so right now we're trying to go after, we're trying to go after users and, and you know, bring a, a, a broad swath of users uh, to these studios. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But uh, it's been a journey. It's been really tough, uh, just like the rest of the, like just like the rest of the industry that has battled. So yeah, and nobody, nobody, who saw this coming? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you come in, you have a great idea, and then it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tough. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, and your um your your site and your app seems like very well designed. Thank you. I actually really appreciate that. Did you did you download the app? Did you try it out? Yeah. Oh, yes. you did? I'm oh, oh yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, we really struggled to get off the ground uh, with uh, with the studios and getting the studios on board, which makes sense. I mean, it's a it's a tough time for them, and we're promising something that's not solving the need right now. Um, so maybe post-pandemic, it'll be, it, it, it could be something, but right now we have to pivot and adapt and survive. So. It'll be boom. I mean, they say that the best time to sometimes build a business is during a, a downturn. And yeah, absolutely. We had that in 2008. It was just kind of like, oh, who knows? I'm going to lose. Like, let's do this. And then, you know. It's a golf. Beautiful. Well, it's, we're about at the hour here, um, so we'll end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, and journey with us. So it's been a it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been, it's been great, Alex. I appreciate it.